Welcome back to another episode of the B2B Zero to 10 podcast, where we focus on helping B2B businesses grow from zero to 10 million. This is a show for CEOs, startup founders, business owners, and even folks thinking about starting a business. The podcast is the intersection of strategies, tactics, trends, and even a little inspiration, but all focused on that zero to 10 growth journey. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. In this episode, I welcome Michael Haynes to the podcast for the third time. Michael is a leader in the SMB growth space based out of Australia. We cover the current state of B2B and how to efficiently grow a business in 2021. We touch on sales and marketing alignment, digital and sales and marketing strategies, thinking bigger to drive growth, the role of automation and outsourcing, clients as referral engines, and the rise of M&A deals in the SMB space, plus a whole lot more. This is a fast-paced and wide-ranging conversation, and I think you will really enjoy this one. At the end, please make sure you visit our website where you can find the show notes, plus the links mentioned with my interview with Michael. If you do enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, check it out on the website, so you're always the first to know when a new episode is released. Now, let's get the interview started. Hey, Michael, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's great to uh, be here again. And this time, you might have the distinct pleasure of being a guest that was on the Hardwired for Growth podcast, the B2B Founder podcast, and now the Zero to Ten podcast. All the same podcast, but as we pivot and grow, and I do believe, I know you're the first three-peat for me as a guest on the podcast, okay, but I wow. do <laughs> believe you were on each of those segments. So yeah. uh, uh-huh. it's great and to have you back. And we had great discussions on each one. So looking forward to round three today slash this evening. Tonight, yeah, people, if you see the video, you can see darkness is descending here in Chicago or in Australia that the day is just beginning. So exactly. it's awesome. I love the global aspect of this. So anyway, Michael, in case folks may have not heard you the first or the second time, which I'll encourage them to go back and we'll link that into the show notes, just a little bit of background on yourself and, and what you're working on today and we'll, we'll kick off. So sure. So for folks that don't know me, Michael Haynes, I'm an SMB business growth specialist. So focused on working with small and medium-sized organizations, particularly service-based organizations. So your financial services, IT, telco, transportation, helping those senior, those, those organizations, the senior leaders in those organizations, how they acquire and retain business clients. So very much focusing solely in your world, our world, Brett, of B2B. So that's really has been and continues to be my sole area of focus, because I truly believe that B2B presents massive opportunities for SMB folks. Even in these crazy new times that we're in, it's still, if you understand and know how to navigate the landscape, it's a great opportunity on how you can build and take your business forward and build that impact and growth that you're seeking. So continuing to work around that, but I've done a few pivots myself in terms of how I'm trying to deliver to that in conjunction with the needs, what I've been seeing particularly over the past 18 months. Yeah, I think we've all pivoted and had to reimagine the way we do certain things. And and quite honestly, if I had listened to you earlier or our discussions, because you know I was heavily focused or exclusive on kind of the B2B founders and startups, you were more heavily focused on the, the SMB and the small businesses. But as I've shared in the in the podcast, you know, what I found is actually talking to the listeners. Right. Most of them weren't founders of startups, right? It was small businesses. It was people thinking about starting a business. They had a side hustle. And so I'm like, it's crazy that I'm not 
the strategy, I think everything we talk about is going to be the same, but the one benefit of a ongoing business, they've already got customers, they've got revenue, and they share a lot of the same problems. So that was a compliment back to you that said, hey, you know what, I'm not going to do the SMB space out of the beginning, but you know what? I, it, we all learn, grow, and say, you know, what we're, what I'm working on, what you're working on applies yeah. in, into that world. So, um, so Brett, it's all about listening, right? And we constantly have to be changing. And as the circumstances change, when I was first on your podcast, you know, startup world did present a lot of, a lot of need and seemed like a lot of attractive opportunities. But, you know, over the past 18 months, it, it's become clear to me in terms of the markets and clients who I've been dealing with that. There's a lot of opportunity and needs based on what's happening with SMBs and those that are looking to enter the SMB world. So it's always something that's changing and evolving. We all have to do our listening and responding accordingly. Yeah, no, 100%. So I had to throw that out because you've been in that, the SMB and leading that charge for a long time. So I'm officially saying I'm joining you in that, that pursuit in the quest Welcome. to get <laughs> any B2B welcome. company that's trying to get to 10 million, you're all welcome on this boat. Let's let's go figure this out. So what you didn't mention is also an author, speaker. You also host a number of masterminds. So we'll kind of touch on that a little bit later. But I'd love, right, since last time, I think we were mid-pandemic, maybe. It's, I mean, yes. we're, it seems like Groundhog Day. But you know, I'd love <laughs> to just to hear from you. You know, what's what's top of mind for you guys, right? Are you right now based on I know the lockdown soup still super heavy, but what are you seeing in the, the B2B space? What's, like I said, what's top of mind for you right now? Great question, Brett. So as you know, so I work with clients globally, doing a lot of work with SMBs across Australia, Canada, and the US are some of the three markets that I've been dealing with. Um, some very similarities. So despite a lot of the volatility and uncertainty, there are a lot of SMBs that are looking to really build and to really grow the business, to take the business to the next level and to really move forward. And so a big question often I'm getting from a lot of SMB leaders is really how to grow the business. So what's the best way in which they should be doing so? Uh, really trying to gain, gain an understanding about that. That's something they've been grappling with. Uh, Brett, another area that I've been seeing is, is, is in terms of understanding and really managing business customer buyer expectations because buyer behavior has and expectations has changed quite a bit from what I've been seeing. And that has been a bit of an area of frustration. Because I think with the pandemic, there was a lot of a lot of content was being thrown out there. A lot of what I call content vomit. A lot right. of content was being thrown being thrown out there, and as a result, a lot of decision makers, business buyers, are kind of overwhelmed. I know I've talked to some SMB CEOs like LinkedIn. They're like, Michael, I don't want to know it. I don't have time for it because they're just getting inundated with so much content, which a it's all coming from reputable sources, but they can't make sense of what's going on. So right. often it's overwhelming and confusing. So it's been a tendency to step back because what they're really looking for is to kind of get that road mapping in sense of how to move forward. What do I need to do to move forward and to be able to do so despite all the volatility and uncertainty because we don't want to wait or we can't wait. So that how to grow, how to move forward is a really big question and getting some clarity and some guidance how to do so is what I've been seeing from talking to SMB leaders. And then some of the research by the likes of Gartner, for example, has really confirmed that whole need for what, I call, what they call sense-making and road mapping. So I've been hearing it qualitatively from interacting with SMB leaders, but then some of the research by some of those big firms has really confirmed, or they've done the in-depth studies, has confirmed that that's really what business buyers are really looking for right now in this environment. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of the same things. That's right, it's growth. And one thing I want to get your perspective on 
is I still go down the rabbit hole with some people on LinkedIn about, you know, sales and who's in charge and is it marketing? And I've got a very specific viewpoint on that. And I know you've been more focused on the SMBs. So I love to hear what's your take, you know, sales, marketing, alignment, integration, um, one or the other. Okay. So actually this is where I think I took a page out of your book from the, from our very first podcast discussion, when you talked about the notion of bringing sales and marketing together and the notion of revenue operations, there is a real big shift towards that is really what is needed now in this environment, given how business B2B buyers, as you well know now, are doing a lot of of their own self-research, what I call lurking in the dark. So they're doing a lot of their, their own research now. And as a result, they're doing their own research. So they don't really want to talk to sales until much later along. I just saw a study by Demandbase, and they talked about the percentage on the buyer's journey of how much is done of that anonymous lurking in the dark research before they want to talk to people. So as a result, marketing and sales now need to work together. It's not about alignment. It needs to really be around that collaboration, working together to create that sense making and road mapping. So it's about you know, helping when you're working with a client, let's say it's an IT firm and they're trying to move forward because they want to build a practice. It's connecting the dots from these different pieces of content and saying, based on what's going on in your world, this is what all these webinars, what all these thought leaders are saying. It's kind of pulling that together, saying what makes sense for that organization and how you move forward. So you need marketing and sales need to be working together to be creating the right kind of content. So sales can have those kinds of meaningful strategic types of advisory discussions that requires collaboration, working together. So it's really, to me, it's essential now, given the way buyers buy and what they're looking for, that the two have to be working together. Because marketing, true strategic marketing organizations, as you well know, Brett, would be doing that in-depth analysis of understanding what I call listening to the market, to the industries, the customers, to bring those insights, to then be able to marry that up with what your sales teams are hearing and seeing from the client to bring that together to create the right kinds of tools uh, so that they can have those meaningful discussions, interactions, giving the right kinds of content. So that collaboration interaction is critical now. Yeah, now, and we're on the same page. Now. And I've, I've gotten to the point, and I know we've had this conversation in the past that, man, if you're talking about sales and marketing alignment, you've lost, right? If you're talking about just aligning, I mean, just what the the ability of some of these smaller firms to to embrace digital. When I say digital, it's creating the awareness, creating the good value-based content that's helping customers solve problems. And you know, when we look at at any given point, only 3% of your target buying audience is in buy now mode. That means you've got to be, you know, providing the the feed or the sod, whatever you want to do for the future buyers that when they're ready, you're there for them. And if you're thinking about how do I align sales and marketing with goals and maybe if I'm like, I, I used to say, you know what, I'm on a mission to help fix that. But now I'm like, you know what, I'm not. That's my opportunity because I'm going to take some of these smaller companies and say, man, if they're still using outbound sales to make outbound cold calls, we're coming after you because yeah. <laughs> highly inefficient, highly ineffective. And I'm no way diminishing or minimizing what good sales reps can do because there's absolutely a place for them. But if your growth strategy is tied to cold outreach, you're not gonna you're not gonna get there. You're just not there's you can't hire enough people and you can't get enough good reps to make that happen. And so I don't know what the future name of it is, right? That it's 
the, the way I kind of, I post it and I'll show up here in a minute, but yeah, <laughs> is, you know, sales, marketing. So I look at digital, right? It's part demand gen, part, part branding and awareness and creating all that thing. And sales needs to be an execution arm of that strategy. You have to be digital first, unless you want to be a very small company or you're super targeted into, I only need 10 of these enterprise level customers in my business to set different strategy. But if your price point on your product or service and most SMBs is under call it 50,000, if you're not leading with digital, you're not going to, you're just not, it's not going to work. I mean, <laughs> so, Brett, I, I, I fully agree with you. I, I do believe, um, I like that notion of revenue operations, that, that title. It's maybe not the, the most creative, but it is about marketing and sales need to work together. The role of a salesperson really needs to be that of a you know, strategic advisor and a consultant, because it's not just about providing content. It is about providing the kind of the so what, so, so what, what does this mean? So this is what you're seeing in terms of trends in your industry and what's going on. What does that mean for the business and what do you need to do? So it's really about sales need to be taking that strategic view and saying, what's the action plan? What's the roadmap? How does that IT solution, whatever service you're providing, how does that work? What needs to be done and how is it going to help them meet their objectives? So it really has to be that, again, sense-making, roadmapping. It has to have that, that, that advisory context. In terms of your comment about digital, I think everyone has to go digital now because people check you out. I'll give 100%. my own experiences as a, you know, I'm an SMB, I'm an, I'm a micro business. I've had speaking opportunities and some client opportunities come up. And it's like, so how did you find me? I, I was in a conference for a, a global conference that I presented in February. Never heard of this person. And this person approached me and I'm like, so Stephanie, how did you find me? Oh, we've, I've been watching your content for months, Michael. I'm like, really? Funny, I didn't see you pop up on who's viewing my profile on LinkedIn. People will, will check you out and that's how opportunities come. And it's often where people, again, business buyers, even I myself as a buyer, I will you know, do my research online. We'd like to check you out. And so you, you don't really have a choice now because I think people don't want to be bothered. They don't really want the cold call and being interrupted, especially in this environment now where people are juggling, working from home and all of that. So They'll do their research when they want, um, uh, how they want, and they'll seek you out when they're ready. So I don't really think there is really an option now, if particularly in the B2B space, there's not an option now. Whether you're big or small, you have to have that digital presence so you can be found. So people can do the research when and how, when they want, so that you can be, be found. Otherwise, it's potentially missed missed opportunity. 100%. Yeah, and even back to when you were using salespeople for that outreach, they weren't getting compensated on how well they were setting up the brand for future sales when they were ready, man. If, if that buyer wasn't ready to buy today, they're moving on. And that's an overgeneralization blanket statement, but it's just not where the, the compensation was. So no, that's a, that's a really good point. I think that's that advisor, the subject matter expert, the consultant, the facilitator is critical. And so maybe that's what I've, you may have articulated better than I did. They we just need to reimagine the way this works and just don't think about it as a marketing. Don't think about as sales. And I know you're a huge buyer centric guy too, that says, Hey, how do we align with the roles to what the buyer needs and when they need it and quit trying to pigeonhole, you know, what it is. You're going to have different skill sets. You can have a facilitator that's maybe more junior role, helping people gather information down the journey, but then they really have specific questions of how your solution or your product is going to help them. They need to have that technical or more seasoned person to, to understand it. So 
like I said, maybe I was long-winded in my thing, but I think we're heading to, down the same path. We're heading down the right direction. I think we're definitely on, on the same wavelength, but it's where things need to go. It's about marketing and sales where they need to be working quite collaboratively together. So they need to be doing, um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole account-based marketing, which I yeah. prefer to call, um, which Jeff Davis in your neck of the woods in Chicago, who wrote the book, Love called Jeff that Davis, strategy. Yeah. And I fully believe he, that is the correct term because it's an account-based strategy because it's not, people have a very siloed view of marketing and I think a very wrong view um, because Outdated. it's about being cross-functional. It's account-based approach and saying for these key accounts, these clients, what do we need to be providing in terms of, it could be providing tools like, you know, case studies, diagnostic tools. It could be about uh, doing workshops, having briefing sessions, which may involve people from products, operations, IT, finance, and bringing those people together. So marketing and sales, I think, need to be the lead to determine what needs to be delivered to those clients and really planning out how that's done. What I... I'm seeing marketing having the understanding a lot of the analytics and the insights to say what needs to be created and to drive that. And then sales folks need to be those strategic uh, advisors and conduct those discussions, uh, again, to really, really work with those clients and prospects to take them along their journey and really show them what's the, what's the plan, what's the roadmap, how does it work, what, comes, what happens after the sale, how are you going to yeah. work with me and how is this going to help us? achieve our objectives and move forward. You've got to give that 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 roadmap, that plan, that view of, of the post-purchase, what happens, how you're going to work with them, and what's going to be the outcome. So it's very much, um, but that all takes a lot of working together, marketing and sales, getting in, having virtual meetings, workshop discussion to work and plan all of that out. It has to be co collaboration and co-creation. This alignment is not good enough. They need to be working together. Yeah, and I think it's a good distinction you made there between I think the the account based marketing when you're going after super targeted accounts, and I guess where I fall on the where a lot of companies are using you know sales and expensive salespeople is in those you know mid price deals and the SMB size deals. That's got to be all digital. You got to be able to tell your story and sell digitally, and then have somebody there to help close the deal. But I 100 agree with you're more in target and you're part of your your offering goes into that those larger companies you have to have it and also 100% agree with you on the the post sale to, how do we get to value how do we get these folks to value so i think it, it's more of a and really to your point think through your strategy what is that plan right what does that roadmap look like and if you're doing you know 10% or 20% of your business is an enterprise 80% mid market smb you need two different strategies those are just you can't it's not one and the same right yeah. Fully agree, Brett. But even for the for your mid-market, again, it needs to be going back. You need to do your listening. Because yes, absolutely, yes. you're not the, the level of servicing that you're going to have an enterprise, a big client facing time, be it in person, on Zoom, when you're doing those very close interactions will be different than some of your mid-market. But it still needs to, you still need to make sure you have a strong understanding from a buyer perspective. So you know what exactly those digital tools, resources, yes. and I'm going to say interactions are going to be required because everyone is looking for now, particularly in this environment, sense of community engagement, the ability to interact. That is something that is re being required at all levels. And we need to be thinking as to how you can facilitate that engagement, that interaction to allow brainstorming, collective ideas, sharing um, of ideas, perspectives. But what's the right tools and mechanisms to do, do that? Because that sense of community working together is something that has really come through that I'm seeing across B2B 
all B2B decision makers are looking for. You hear it at the large end with your CEOs and so forth, but even in your mid-market, smaller organizations. So it's, it's understanding the needs and then how best to do so in a very practical, financially viable way, but making sure it's still buyer-driven and you're not just throwing up content uh, yes. to to digital, it's content. Because that's not, that's not good enough either. It still has to be in line with what buyers are truly looking for and, and seeking. Yeah. And to your point, it's changed, right? I mean, the digital is so the digital, meaning the research and telling the same story from digital to the, the human conversations, you better be talking, speaking the same language, sharing the same stories, you know, giving people the ability. And, you know, one of the, the things that I've kind of I had a ha aha moment, maybe beyond just including, you know, SMB into this whole, the whole space is, man, I just wasn't thinking big enough, right? Because I, I was thinking incremental changes. You've been doing business this way. This is the way you go to market. Now you got to get some more content. I'm, and I think there is going to, and I've been interviewed folks that are building, you know, 10 figure companies with six people, right? You're not doing that with a cadre of sales reps. So if you think about it from your business, how do I grow this thing as a direct to consumer? We know it's not direct to consumer, but think bigger, you know, to your point that are you going to get, nobody's on office phones anymore, right? If you're cold calling, it's going to be on a, you know, a buyer's cell phone. And I will never, ever, ever, ever take a cold call or listen to your email or voicemail ever. And, and so again, maybe I'm just thinking, maybe we need to think bigger picture. I think some of these things are starting to unfold and I don't know. I think, it's I think, it, I think it's a combination of thinking bigger. I think this is where innovation comes in and business innovation. And that I truly believe key of how you drive growth. And I'm big on business innovation, or you may want to call it cross business innovation, but it's really by understanding in terms of your customers, what they're looking for, what your markets, your customers are looking for, where are the opportunities across your organization, which might be in terms of product. It could be in terms of the services. Are there opportunities for you to partner? So alliances, joint ventures, because yeah. those having those kinds of strategic relationships where you're partnering with another company. So let's say a marketing firm is partnering with an IT firm to be able to provide a holistic MarTech, everything from branding through to your analytics. By partnering, you know, those kinds of strategic relationships can open up massive opportunities to get into larger size clients, getting into new markets, combinations thereof. Um, you know, introducing new marketing strategies. If we're talking from an SMB point of view, a lot of the marketing of what SMBs do, Brett, is is very tactical. You know, they're yeah. not implementing account-based strategies. They're not do, doing things like micro-influencer marketing strategies, which is one strategy I believe every SMB should be using in terms of finding out who are the go-tos in your world, who is presenting yeah. at your conferences, who's right, who are doing those podcasts and so forth, where there's opportunities for you to co-create, for you to be involved, to get access to their clients, their world, to get the reach and credibility. So you need to be innovating and thinking innovating across multiple dimensions of your business and aligned with buyer need, customer need. That's the key. And most organizations, and we're talking SMB, are still, when they're thinking about innovation, they think either digital, you know, how do I go digital? And they, they, they're they tweaking just kind of at the fringes as far as I'm concerned. So Let's go about digital. Digital is a must-have. Um, that to me is just kind of the the cost uh, of doing business. Right? Yeah, hygiene factor. The term I was looking for. That's a hygiene factor. It's really thinking now more, much more strategically, much more broadly beyond technology. You know, how can we create the right kinds of offerings? Do we build new products and services? Do we do it ourselves? 
do we establish and collaborate with other parties? So it's about thinking far more strategically around co-creating even with your customers. I have a technology company who co-created with one of their key grocery store clients to create a whole new IT reporting analytics system, which they sold to that retailer. Then they did some tweaks on it and then have rolled it out to other markets. All right. So the whole notion of co-create. So it's really being uh, doing business innovation and thinking across multiple dimensions of how, where can we be making some changes, new ways of doing things across those five typical dimensions of business innovation. That's really, I think, what organizations need to be doing as part of their growth strategy and as part of how to really move forward. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And it's such a good point. And, you know, a couple of ways we can go from that. But one, I'm going to just hit a follow-up and actually I'd like your perspective. And, you know, coming from the traditional B2B world, a lot of enterprise, but bouncing between startup and the enterprise, the structures were the same. The go-to-market was kind of the same. Then starting to get to know some of these solopreneurs and I think, you know, smaller companies. And I'm like, well, the way they do it and the way they grow is super impressive, but that would never work for to be into B2B. But you know what? A lot of those folks are selling into other businesses and they're building, again, back to those, those eight-figure companies. And so I think they've kind of cracked the code of how to reach, you know, potential customers. I think the sales process is still the same, but, you know, I think I'm just starting to dig more into this, but I believe <laughs> they may have cracked the code of how to get to the, 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 the human to human aspect of the B2B. And I think we're going to see some of that, that applied, but I don't want to go to that. I've got another question for you that is automation, right? I think I need to do a better job of it in my business, but I do think within the, the SMB and the, the startup B2B world, we don't think enough early on about how do we automate some of these non-value add process. I'm, I'm not saying you just go straight to e-commerce, you throw it up and you go away, but are you seeing opportunities with your customers and prospects to automate their... Oh, there's definitely always opportunities to automate, to either automate and or to outsource, you know, some of these admin, some of these other activities. And that is all part of your growth strategy, your execution is recognizing where, you know, where are your strengths and where you need to be focusing on and what are some of the things that yeah. you should be outsourcing. And I believe every business, even a micro business should be doing that, looking at where are the things that you're not going to like, for example, I am, I am rubbish when it comes to all that MailChimp EDM and stuff. I don't touch that stuff. I have my, I have staircase marketing up in Brisbane Anna Delaney. She does all of that for me. Website stuff, all of that. I have, you know, I've got another uh, company, SpinFacts Media. They do all my SEO, all of that stuff. So it's, it's about getting smart and understanding where, do you, you know, where are your core strengths? What's the core value of what you're going to be delivering to your, to your clients and customers? And what do you need to be doing across your product services you're offering? Where you have those strengths and where you have gaps in terms of skills, knowledge, capabilities, or can be done more effectively to either outsource and or automate them. And that's something that we you need to be thinking. Even micro businesses need to be thinking about because um, it will allow you to focus on what you need to be doing to be able to take the business forward. Um, and scale so it, yeah. That, that has to start. I think automation and the opportunity, that's all about process improvement, but it starts from really thinking about what are some of the things that we can simplify and or outsource that we should be taking that we shouldn't be dealing with because it's not in our wheelhouse, our core strength. Whether you're a micro business, an SMB, 
those are those kinds of, I think, strategic questions that you should be constantly asking so that you're really focusing on the core areas. So that's something that should be starting right from even the early stages, you know, from a side hustle mode, because you have at every level, there are different options of how you can do that simplification of those uh, processes. It might be automation. It might be outsourcing to, you know, the whole gig economy gives, uh, gives all SMBs lots of options in terms of various elements from, you know, finance to legal. There's all various elements that you can now outsource and get it done and get it done well so that the business can focus on what it needs to do. Yeah. And which brings me back to my core, you know, I almost call it sweet spot. My, my passion was, is, is around the process, right? So even if you are going to outsource, you need to think how that outsource fits and what's the process from the outsourcer to you. Because I see a ton of even large companies, if they outsource, it's more of a handshake agreement. They're not crystal clear on, hey, if you're doing X, Y, and Z for me, this is how we, we pass the data, or this is what the expectations are. So I agree. I think we're going to see more and more of the outsourcing, but have a plan and a process behind it so you, you can at least leverage you know, using those resources, right? And I think and I think it kind of all stems back on a level to kind of the strategy, knowing what to purpose. So, you know, what are you focusing on? Knowing why you're outsourcing, you know, uh, and what are your expectations? So, why are you outsourcing? What are the objectives that you're trying to achieve? And then, re- with regards to what you're doing within your business, what are those service levels? What is it you require in terms of the service? In terms of service levels, service guarantee to make sure that you're getting the right kind of turnaround times with technical scenario in terms of fault, restorations, answering of, uh, of queries, making sure you're very clear on what it is you need to be able to run your business and deliver to your end customers and making sure that your any third parties that you're using are able to live up to that. Yeah, absolutely right. And I know that's the sweet spot of your book comes back to all the strategy, the plan, and, and again, just have a plan and work towards it. It's just, there's, there's just so much waste and inefficiency in even small companies, if you can tighten that up. And it's not everybody's sweet spot for sure. But in maybe when you're just starting to gain some momentum and you're the selling everything, but man, once you've got an existing business, what, I don't know, 30%, 40%, 50% of your focus is, you know, streamlining those processes and automation, right? Maybe it's a little high, but maybe not high enough. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I like to try and keep it, you know, for our SMB folks, keep it fairly simple. It's really, you know, knowing what you're trying to achieve and know what you're good at. You know where you yeah. have the skills and the capabilities in-house and what you're good at and what's weak. And you know what is, and by understanding your, your clients and customers and what is critical in terms of delivering to them, building those relationships, maintaining those relationships, that's where you can start to make some decisions of, you know, some of the critical activities. But, if, you know, if you lack the skills, you're not good at it. If it's taking too much time, then it's something that, that you need to look at. How can we simplify or outsource, yeah. which might be, it might be through automation or it might be leveraging, you know, freelancers tapping into the gig economy and seeing what you're doing. So really knowing, again, you're taking a strong look at listening to you in your organization, you know, what are you doing? What are you good at? Where are there the weaknesses and the gaps? And then how best to fill those gaps? Yeah. So that you're delivering the kinds of you know buyer experience, customer experience that you're you're looking to achieve, so that you can achieve your objectives. So yeah, it's really kind of just having that internal assessment and knowing where where there are gaps, where you're weak, and um, taking the steps to to, to fill those. Yeah, I think you're right. If you don't, you're going to, if you don't, you're going to hold. It's going to impede on your ability to execute on your strategy. 
which is something, I mean, even I myself was guilty of in my early days as a soul practitioner. I thought, well, what I can't do, I'll just, uh. and it makes a big difference when you're bringing, you know, when you recognize those capability gaps and you fill them and you get them filled well at the level we need as operators in a business, it just allows your organization to function more effectively. And so you can really focus on those, you know, growth slash revenue generating activities that's going to take the business forward. So it makes huge differences for all SMBs, even your um, smaller micro ones right through to your larger. It's, it's very important that you have that assessment of in terms of the skills, knowledge and requirements and how you're going to feel where there are gaps. You've got to make sure you address them now. Because you're right, because that's where the bottlenecks happen. That's where growth gets stalled. And, you know, example, I had uh, a friend of mine, she's been on the podcast once. I'm trying to get her come back to do a repeat, but she started her own company. And as she was starting to build and scale, she looked at the process of she was good at the sales, right? She had the relationship she can close, but she was bringing in more work than she could handle. And so what she built as an outsource, to your point, is more of some of the delivery. So she brought, as her business grew, she knew where the bottleneck was so she could scale beyond it. Was yeah. It was the delivery aspect of what she was doing. And so that's where she's outsourced a good bit of it. She still has control. There's process, everything in place. But to your point, it's it, I'm guessing probably 80% of growth problems with a lot of these SMBs and startups is either the capacity or bottlenecks. And even if you had the interest, you're not going to be able to grow because you can't you can't handle it. <laughs> It'd yeah. be a good problem, but it's a good problem. But I think you know, putting yourself out there to market and and then you can't fulfill can be a recipe for disaster. Because if you haven't you know taken care of those weaknesses, those bottlenecks, and you you mess up and you deliver poorly, that can have a that can quite have a spill on effect. Because as you well know, Brett, in B two B, one of the advantages of B two B is that. When you do things right, when you do get it right for clients, that in and of itself will generate that, what I like to call the referral engine, where yeah. those clients will become your advocates that you can leverage as part of an advocacy strategy. You, you know, they will gladly become referral partners, which again, you can really develop and formalize and you know, they will happily start bringing clients to you. And that whole word of mouth through referrals, through advocacy can um, really spearhead an SMB to be able to get access into new clients, into new markets, you know, gaining the reputation that will help them to be able to approach you know, the bigger end of town. So you, you really want to try and make sure that you've got your wheelhouse in order and that you are able to execute effectively. Because when you do that whole referral capacity of what those advocates or champions can do for you, it will do wonders for your business. And all it will take sometimes is just that getting a referral into that one enterprise client or yeah. being the opportunity to present at that one leading conference where you're going to be able to do that keynote, which is going to be access to decision makers. It only often takes one opportunity like that to be a game changer and to really give your business a big boost. Yeah, no, I think that that's so true. And it's easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're 100% right. And I know we're, I can't believe we're already running out of time. It's flying by. But I do. I think we may have to have you coming back on a reoccurring basis because I literally we've only got to like a third of what I wanted to chat with you about today. I'm happy for us to schedule and we can do a part two and we can uh, identify. Maybe we'll do maybe what we should do is a once a quarter thing. Come on in, let's talk about the state, what you're seeing, you know, from Australia, Canada, and we can compare notes. Uh, But but one other topic I wanted to to bounce off you, which 
I had Jennifer Bondreve, and I hope I didn't butcher her name, um, M&A expert, right? And she wrote a book that, that's phenomenal that I told her I wish I had when I was still in the corporate world because it would help me navigate. But one of the topics we got on was, you know, the M&A mergers and acquisitions for, for some folks isn't just for the billion dollar companies anymore, right? We're seeing, I've seen some startups that receive funding and what they did with the funding was go bought another company. I'm just kind of curious from the SMB or from your part of the world, I know you're global, are you seeing more, not just an exit strategy for business, but as a growth strategy? Just curious. Actually, funny you mentioned that. So I am seeing that quite a bit. Um, there's quite a bit of acquisition activity I'm seeing in Australia, seeing it in Canada as well. Um, one of my clients is looking to grow and they're looking to do so through acquisition. So um, acquisition is very much um, becoming a part of a lot of SMBs in terms of how they can fast track their growth, which is a good thing. I'm all for it. And I think it can be great for those that are thinking that mindset, but then you have to be mindful of thinking about what does that mean in terms of your overall business strategy, your go-to-market strategy. So your marketing firm and your IT firm have now merged now and you're this you know, end-to-end MarTech solution, for example. What does that mean in terms of you know, well, what markets are you going to be focusing on? What are going to be your offerings? What do, acquisition is a great catalyst to really spearhead things, but then you still have to consider some of those typical B2B, some those typical strategy decisions of what you're going to deliver, where you're going to focus, you know, how you're going to deliver, what's going to be the growth plan to now that you, you're this new entity, how is that all going to work? Um, making sure you're giving a lot of questions as to how that all going to work when you created the new entity still needs to take place. But yes, definitely seeing um, that's something that a lot of really growth-oriented, aggressive growth-oriented SMB leaders, I'm seeing um, they're looking at even, you know, smaller ones that I'm talking companies in like your, you know, 30 to 50 person um, organization. Uh, I've seen a, a few scenarios, again, very much service-based organization sure. where they're looking exactly, they're looking to do, to do that um, as, as part of a way to really kind of, yeah, kind of really spearhead and take things to the, the next in level. Ex- or they've identified opportunities that if they've got that, know, broader capabilities or they have access to that particular client base, um, what are the things that they can do? Yeah. And it can accelerate growth. But I think back to our other earlier topic, man, if you don't have your processes and systems in place, right, adding in all their company into that complexity, I think it's more of a recipe for disaster unless you're you're ready for it. I think it's a super fascinating topic and it makes sense, right? If you can find, you know, because one of the other things I've kind of evolved my thinking on in the last you know three years is you know the channel strategies for growth right partnerships channel partners uh referral is huge that should be the baseline right you know dan feister we talk about win back programs there's right so referrals advocacies and partnerships and i'm going to say strategic partnerships brett is something every business whether you're a sole trader a micro business you should be thinking about how are the opportunities for you to work with other organizations to yeah. collaborate, to either deliver value to those customers, to gain access to customers, new markets, you know, to get those opportunities, that partnership. And I think you can even start from thinking from a strategic partnership, how you can collaborate, putting together a joint event, you know, putting together a joint event because you're targeting a certain set of, let's say, enterprise customers. That is something I think, I think re- referrals, advocacy and partnership wrap. It should be a core cornerstone of every SMB growth strategy should have should have the wrap. That should be a, a cornerstone because those are things that are 
they're low cost, but they can have very high impact if you put your your strategy and your your processes in place to facilitate any of those three low financial investment, but can have massive opportunities in terms of opening doors into new companies and or new market, building a reputation within industries they're trying to crack in, get into and expand. Massive opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make agreed. Again, that should be one one, right? It should be taught in startup or small business class that these these are the easiest way. Your customers telling other prospects about your service and selling them for you all day over you trying to sell somebody. So you're right. And I think maybe next time you come back, let's dig into a little bit more into those programs. I know you've yeah, had yeah, some that sure. have worked. Because it's about being creative now and kind of taking it to the next level in terms of how do you build those strategic relationships and gain those referrals. Yeah, it's about being a bit creative, but again, low cost, but can be very effective when you do so. Exactly. And I know I told you one more topic, but I have one more mini topic that I wanted to pick your, your brain on before I get to the final question. I'm still asking it as one thing you'd recommend. But before that, I know you've launched a, a new mastermind. So I'm just kind of curious. I love the idea. What are you looking to do with it? So the mastermind that I've launched is called Empower. So a mastermind group is a peer-to-peer group. So uh, with the Empower Mastermind, it's aimed at SME, SMB CEOs, um, so the senior leadership teams uh, of the companies, and it's about bringing, bringing them together. It's a virtual mastermind, small group, 10 to 12 people, and it's to provide an opportunity for those senior leaders to get together, to brainstorm, share ideas, talk about experiences, challenges um, on their growth journey uh, in a B2B context. So this Empower Mastermind group is specifically for SME CEOs of service-based companies in a B2B context. To have that collective wisdom sharing, also providing them some access to what are some of the strategies, tactics, and approaches that are B2B specific to drive growth. So some of that will be provided by myself, as well as providing guest speakers, leaders within small business, leaders within B2B, to give them some of those fresh ideas and thinking. And so meeting on a monthly basis, so three-hour virtual meetings, and the group, a small group, 10 to 12, cross-industry and cross-geography. So it'll be cross-industry and international. First group is going to be very much uh, aimed at Australia, Canada, and the U.S. Because that cross-industry, cross-geography perspective, Brett, drives innovative thinking, fresh approaches. Yeah. You can see where there are similarities of, okay, you work in financial services, someone else is working in, let's say, transportation, but they've got similar challenges. What are some ideas, how they've dealt with certain issues, where it be around growth, it'd be around HR, what have you. And so it's exchanging ideas, bouncing ideas off each other, giving senior leaders some space and some time to think and getting an opportunity to get a bit of guidance, subject matter expert guidance around B2B growth strategies, innovation. Because in addition to the monthly meetings, each of the members will get some one-on-one time with me uh, via Zoom, where we will go and have a deep dive as to the action plans that they're working on within their company. So, so that's the whole aim of the mastermind. Why I'm doing it, Brett, is for a couple of reasons. I call it I called it Empower because I'm very passionate about empowering SMB leaders to be able to build the growth, impact, and lives that they seek. And as you well know, Brett, I've said to you many times, I truly believe B2B is a way for empowerment, for freedom, be it economic, lifestyle, the whole works. Because once you understand and know how to get, navigate the landscape of B2B, massive opportunities. And so the whole empower is to empower SME leaders to be able to thrive and succeed through B2B and giving them the opportunity not just to be getting the expert advice, but to be able to interact with their peers, sharing of wisdom, ideas, you know, inspiring each other, giving them some thinking time 
those are kind of all the things that looking to achieve through the Empower Mastermind group. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a great idea and it's it's needed, right? Because we've seen the Vistage groups a little bit different. Because I think that, and again, I I like the the peer aspect of it, right? Because you've got other people going through the same situation, maybe on a global basis. I think sharing and having a community to help that is is so important. So next time we chat, I want to, we'll touch base on, on how that's, that's going as well, because I do think it's a really smart idea. So, but I'm not letting you go without asking you, what is one thing for the third time? Now, this is the hat trick. What is one thing that you would highly recommend what's important to you today? I think this is new, but you, you know, I've been on, this is my third time. I will check the records, Michael. So you, you check the records, but I would say right now, I think all of us as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, we need to be working on our growth mindset. I'm working on our mindset every day. I think that's quite critical. Whether you're a side hustler, micro business owner, leader, SMB, we need to be working on our growth mindset every day because we're constantly getting, dealing with all kinds of challenges. You know, here in Australia, you know, we're in the state of lockdown right now, which has gone on forever and ever. And it's just all this ball. So we constantly have to be working on our mindset to making sure that it's positive, it's focused, so we can get that velocity and direction. So I, every day, I am listening to some podcasts, reading some books. Right now, I'm reading The Velocity Mindset by Ron Carr. I'm constantly listening to podcasts, reading books to keep me in the zone. Keep yeah. me in the zone. And I do it first thing in the morning before I tackle anything to kind of do that mental set uh, reset because you know, as SMB leaders, you know, every day is different. There's lots of challenges. There's just lots of, you know, things that just want to make you bang your head against the wall. <laughs> uh, and so I, I'm really big on, yeah, working on your mindset every day, just has how we exercise. I know I like to exercise every day. You also need to work on your mindset. And for me, reading and listening to podcasts where I'm getting different perspectives of how to stay in the zone and how to move forward despite all the things going on, that for me is a big thing that I'm big on now is, yeah, exercising the growth mindset. Yeah, no, it's, it's well said. I agree with you. I've, you know, part of it was with the podcast and one of the, the commitments I made is anytime I had a guest on that had a book, I'm reading the book before they're on and you probably can't see it in the dark, but I think we're up over 30 plus 35 books. And, you know, it, yeah, you got, I can see your, I can see it in the dark because you've got quite the, and, uh, by the way, I still need a signed copy from you because I downloaded the, uh, I had the oh, Kindle version, okay. not the, I, the hard I get, copy. I will get onto that. I will get onto that. Um, yeah, send me your, your, your mailing address and I will get onto that. Oh, shame. No, I am teasing. But I mean, it's, but I, I was just circling back to your point that, yeah, it's been, I forgot how much I enjoyed reading, how much I enjoyed getting different perspectives. And like I said, reading Jennifer's book the other day before I had her on. A lot of it was geared towards corporate, but I think it's the new mindset and how to navigate. And so it's just, you can p- pick and pull from different areas that you can apply to your life. And I hundred percent, you know, you've heard me say, you know, uh, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. So I love that you're taking, Hey, growth isn't optional in my world. And I'm thinking about it from whether it's personal or professional. Right. So and it stems into both. And so I find each podcast I listen to, books I read. I'm also a massive athletics fan. So I watch a lot of athletics track and fields. And there's some American athletes that I follow quite closely, even listening to some of their videos and their mindset and perspective as Olympic athletes and their approach to adversity and stuff. I have found all of that to be really good in terms of me really getting into the zone and what doing what I need to do. So, so yeah, so it's podcasts for me, it's reading books, uh, watching some of those blogs of some of my favorite athletes and yeah, and just constantly just being 
getting those affirmations and those different perspectives really helped me stay the course when, you know, uh, particularly when those days, weeks, when things are, you know, proving to be a bit more challenging, it really helps you kind of have that focus and con continued forward momentum. So Yeah, no, makes makes perfect sense. So I know I've taken more of your time than I told you I would, but I appreciate you, right. you jumping on. So one, I encourage folks highly to go one, check out your book, right? It's When's the book number two coming out, by the way? Not putting you on a spot. Are you um, working I'm on book not, number two yet? Uh, I'm not. This probably needs to be an update to the book. But yeah, basically, yeah. Hopefully, maybe late next year. We'll see. Okay. I'm just, I just give me a hard time because actually your book's pretty timeless, right? Listen, innovate, grow. It's kind of fundamental. So I'd encourage people to check that out. Check out your content. It's really good. Yeah, and then reach, and they're, yeah. you're, they're okay to reach out to you to talk about the mastermind if, if they're Absolutely. interested. So for, for all things around B2B, SMB, B2B, um, yeah, go to my website, listeninnovategrow.com. There's articles, videos. In terms of the Mastermind program, Empower, if you go to listeninnovategrow.com forward slash mastermind, you'll get all the details around the Empower SME Mastermind group. Uh, perfect. And follow him on LinkedIn if you're not, because he's got Absolutely. a lot of good content there. I'm very active, so i uh, love to connect and reach out at any point in time. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you very much. And like I said, I'd like to make this a quarterly. Let's just, like I said, I only covered, like I said, a third of what I wanted to get to with you today. So appreciate the time. And if you're open to it, we'll have you back on and we'll, we'll keep the conversation going. Would love to do so. Thanks so much, Brett, for having me. It's been great. Thank you, Michael. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Cheers.